Hey everyone, it's Jay with a little message before we dive into the Capricorn season episode. I wanted to, I've got two things really to say. The first is that if there are some weird vibes in this episode, that is because I recorded it a day before I lost my beloved foster and shared dog, Bailey. And I knew that we were going to have to say goodbye. Unfortunately, she was very sick at the end. And so we we knew when we were going to have to say goodbye. And I think I recorded the episode because I needed the distraction. You know, I knew that I probably wasn't going to be up for much for a while after that. So anyways, there might be some weird vibes. There might not be. I haven't listened back since I edited. I just wanted to let you know where my head was at. The second thing is that I just wanted to dedicate this episode to Bailey. She was such a fabulous presence in my life. I feel so lucky and so blessed for all the love and all the joy that she brought into my world. She was originally from St. Lucia, and we heard from the people that you know took care of her there that she would run along the beach with horses, which just sounds so magical. And I think it's so cool that she got to have that in her life. And then when she moved to Canada, she was our foster dog. And then she was adopted by the most amazing people who really like let us share her and share her life. I mean, she visited us four to five times a year for weeks and months at a time. She she was so important to us, and we feel so blessed to have been part of her life and to have had the opportunity to be such a big part of her life and for it to have brought us such a special and unique relationship. Bailey was a very anxious dog. She was very loving. She was so funny, but she was very anxious. And she definitely challenged me and taught me patience in a way I never expected. She hated winter and rain as much as I do, so she was always down to just stay at home and avoid the walk and just watch some more TV with me. (laughs) She didn't like kids that much either. (laughs) She was just so special. I don't think I can say much more without just fully bawling. So this episode is for you, Bailey, and it is also for anybody that's going through the same kind of loss or that has gone through the same kind of loss. I think losing a pet can really play, you know, funny tricks on your brain and maybe not allow you to experience the grief in the way that you need to. The fact is just not everybody gets what it's like to lose a pet and they might not think it's as impactful or devastating as losing a human loved one. And don't get me wrong, they're very different things, but these animals become part of your everyday life and it's just as much of a loss when they're not there anymore. So I really just wanted to say you're not alone. You're allowed to feel the grief and I'm so sorry that you're going through it. And the reason that it's so hard is because you loved them so much. And it is just a part of the deal, right? We get to love people and pets, but we have to know that, you know, the end is also a part of that. I guess the death card kind of comes in. We have to know that change and loss 
is inevitable at some point. It is part of living. But it fucking sucks. <laughs> so just be gentle and kind to yourselves and to others. And just treasure every moment as much as possible. It's so much easier to say when you're really reflecting on stuff like that. We get into our day-to-day lives and it's, you know, we have to prioritize certain things over others. But as much as is possible, just be in the moment and give your loved ones a hug. Give your pets some more kisses and belly rubs and snuggles and just savor the moments as much as you can. Okay. Thank you for listening to this. I hope the episode serves you and take care. Be well. We'll talk soon. everyone and welcome to the star's turn cosmos and cards i'm your host jay as always thank you so much for joining me i am happy to be inside of your ears thank you for cleaning them before today that was very kind of you it's quite spacious and um lovely in here it's got great acoustics Okay, so whew, here we are. It's time to talk all things sea goat with Capricorn season. It is wild that we've arrived at the last zodiac season of 2022, the season that will usher us into the next calendar year, and also the season that kicks off new three and six month cycles. Since the sun moving into Capricorn marks the solstice, and we of course have four days of the year in which the sun reaches these pivotal points, the two solstices and the two equinoxes. So we'll talk about that. But before we get into Capricorn season, I did want to briefly discuss the fact that Jupiter has ingressed into Aries for the final time on this particular journey around the Zodiac. And Jupiter is going to be playing into some energies surrounding the beginning of Capricorn season and the Capricorn new moon. So I thought it pertinent, I thought it pertinent to discuss. Okay, so Jupiter is done with Pisces for another 12 years, give or take, and it's about to move full speed ahead into and through Aries and about to because as I'm recording this, it hasn't moved there yet. But by the time you hear this, it's already in Aries. There will be no retrograde cycle while Jupiter is in Aries until May of 2023. And once it moves into Taurus, it will not retrograde back into Aries then either. So this is really our last chunk of time with Jupiter going through Aries for, you know, this 12-year cycle. So kind of a big deal. And anybody that has Jupiter in Aries, you know, welcome to your full-on Jupiter return. 
Hi, hello, that's me. I'm super intrigued to see what happens. So yeah, Jupiter is full force. Let's do this. Let's make some progress. Let's take the risk. Let's make the decision. Let's take the action. There's a lot of forward momentum with Jupiter and Aries. And even though it's not at home like it was in Pisces, Jupiter still has some dignity here through its triplicity rulership over fire sign. So, you know, that just means that it's in an environment where it can it can do its thing. It's not the perfect environment, but it's certainly not the worst. Far from it. Jupiter in Aries is bold and confident and daring. It can really spice things up. Aries is, of course, ruled by Mars, which is a planet that brings a lot of heat and quickness. And I think that, you know, pacing and sort of like friction and um, fire under your ass kind of energy will be especially prominent and noticeable once Mars stations direct and finishes up its own retrograde cycle. Then things will be like really extra super duper full force, which is, of course, in early January of 2023. I've probably told you that a zillion times at this point. (laughs) So Jupiter brings its abundance and generosity, its motivation for expansion and learning, and the possibility for opportunity wherever it goes. So the Aries houses in our charts will be feeling these effects for the next few months, but so will our Sagittarius houses since Jupiter not only rules Sag and has triplicity strength there because it's a fire sign, but Aries and Sag form the very beneficial and auspicious trine aspect. So those two signs form that trine relationship. So while your Pisces house will also be affected by Jupiter's condition since it's also ruled by Jupiter, but in Aries, it's the Aries and Sag houses that are super highlighted. And I think there's something interesting about that, like coming out of Sagittarius season and what kind of benefits and blessings we might see there given some of the work we may have done during Sagittarius season and now Jupiter entering into a position where it's kind of casting its, you know, beautifully abundant rays back at Sagittarius. But of course, the emphasis will be on the Aries house and It might even be helpful to think back to May, June, and July of this year, of 2022, as that's when Jupiter first visited Aries, and some of us may have gotten a little teaser trailer of what's to come. So on the same day as the sun moves into Capricorn, as the winter solstice, as Yule, we have Jupiter at zero degrees of Aries forming a square with the sun at zero degrees of Capricorn. So essentially this aspect takes place really after both planets have just sort of ingressed into their new signs, which I think might be a little overall signature for Capricorn season in general, you know, happening right at the beginning of the signs, right as these planets are ingressing into those signs. So it feels like something that maybe sets the tone. Now, the sun in Capricorn, as we will talk about, wants steady and secure growth. It's very long-term focused. And Jupiter can also have that long-range, big-picture vision, but it wants us to stretch and step outside the comfort zone, whereas the sun in Capricorn might not want to do that so much. It wants to do the things that are tried and tested and true. So under this square, I think we're being asked to really trust 
that taking a risk, even a small one, or just taking action that might feel a little daunting at first will help to provide some kind of foundation to that steady and secure growth, like a jumpstart in a way. And that quality feels especially potent, again, given that both of the planets are at the very beginning of the sign. And especially with Jupiter now moving forward and fast through Aries and the sun kicking off a whole new season in more than one sense. Because obviously the sun moving into Capricorn is the start of Capricorn season. But as I mentioned, this is also the start to a new winter or summer season, depending on where you are in the world. And we're at another solstice. So this time in the Northern Hemisphere, we've reached the day with the least amount of sunlight. That's what kind of this this solstice brings for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. And the solstices in general are days when the sun stands still. And so it tracks that we could use these days as days to quote unquote stand still. A good day to pause and reflect on the past six months or even the past year and think back on all the journeys we've been on, all the lessons we've learned, all the opportunities we've had, and then to consider what we might like from the next six or 12 months, where we'd like to go and how we want to feel. Personally, I'm not very big on New Year's resolutions, but I'm all for setting an intention around how I want to carry myself through the world for the next little while, whether that be on a new moon or on a solstice or at the beginning of a new zodiac season, what impacts do I want to make? How do I want to make myself feel? And I briefly mentioned this, but this is also the day that Yule gets its start. And when this podcast was the Tarot Coven cast, we did do a special bonus episode all about Yule. So if you want to scroll back through the feed and find that episode, there's tons of information on how to celebrate Yule. But for now, let's focus on Capricorn season 2022, which is beginning on December 21st and will run until January 20th. And so December 21st is also that day that the sun will square Jupiter. So Capricorn season, ruler of Capricorn, of course, is Saturn, which will be at home in Aquarius for all of Capricorn season. There's no site between Capricorn and Aquarius because these are two signs that are right next to each other. But regardless, Saturn being at home makes for good rulership. Venus is finally at a good distance from the sun, so she's got a lot more freedom. During Sag and especially Scorpio seasons, she was so close to the sun. And part of that was beneficial when she got close enough, you know, that Kazemi position, gaining that insight. But the rest of the time, it kind of just debilitates her expression. So she's far enough away now. She's free to do her thing. And Mercury has also gotten a little bit of that freedom from the sun. But since it's approaching a retrograde cycle, that freedom is kind of just brief. Speaking of which, Mercury retrograde will be in play for about 20 days of Capricorn season. It runs from December 9th, sorry, December 29th until January 18th. Venus will move into Aquarius on January 2nd, which also means that she'll eventually square the nodes by degree. 
I actually don't know too much about um, Venus being at what's called the bendings, but I'm looking forward to learning more. And if you, dear listener, know more about that, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So please do get in touch. You can, I, I'm I'm rarely on Instagram now. I'm kind of bored of it, to be honest, but you can message me at the star's turn or damn fine witch. I'm still checking messages. We'll also have our full moon in Cancer on January 6th. Mars will station direct on January 12th. And that's, of course, as you know, my, like the big news for me. That's what I'm looking the most forward to about Capricorn season. Although the new moon in Cap does look quite lovely. And of course, Capricorn season will take us into the next calendar year. And for the first time ever, That made me really reflect on the animal that represents Capricorn, the seagoat, which has always felt like a more mutable sign representative to me, you know, like the centaur. It's two things at once. It's mythical. But perhaps this dualistic nature of the seagoat speaks to the way that Capricorn really transitions us from one season of nature to the next and one calendar year to the next. So yeah, let me know what you think about that. But now let's talk uh, Capricorn energy more in general. So whenever we move into Capricorn season, we're coming out of Sagittarius season, of course, which means we're moving from fire to earth. And the focus gets a little more grounded. The energy cools and calms down. And we're also moving from a mutable sign to a cardinal sign, which Thank goodness for me personally, maybe a lot of you out there as well, but it really, in a way, it does similar things. It really gets the focus more grounded and purposeful. Not that we're not purposeful in mutable energy, but we are a little bit scattered and we do want to be doing a lot of things at once to keep sort of our interests peaked or to keep us from getting bored. We don't really want to be, you know, stuck in a rut can be kind of a good thing when you're in like fixed energy because you're enduring something, you're seeing it through. But in mutable energy, it's boring. In cardinal energy, it's like, okay, we can take all of those threads that we were interested in and really condense and focus in on one or two or two or three of them at the most and really make a go of them. Capricorn is a nocturnal cardinal earth sign, and it really makes me think of things that are able to grow well in the darkness. It's a sign ruled by Saturn, which is cold and dry, and it has the ability to endure rough conditions. It plays the long game. It knows how great delayed gratification can be. And we see a lot of that infused into Capricorn. It also makes me think of bones, the structure that holds things together and in place. They may be boring or mundane, but they're incredibly essential. And I think when we go into Capricorn season, maybe earth signs in general, there is a sense of going back to basics, of paring down to the essentials, which can also seem quite boring on the surface, but there's a reason they're called essentials. They're incredibly important to the structure of our everyday lives. Capricorn is a sign that really favors the long-term overall. We always hear that talked about in terms of growth and planning and success and 
Capricorn often gets really tied in with career and reputation, which I do not fully subscribe to because not all Capricorns want that kind of material success. There is something that drives and motivates them to have to grow and to be successful, but it's not always about like climbing the corporate ladder and being the CEO. That is not the only measure of success. So I think we do a disservice to Capricorn when we only view them through that lens. And in terms of favoring long term, I think this does have to do with our our things, our possessions or our relationships. It's like making the most of what we have, making what we have last and having an affinity towards things that we know can stand the test of time. I think that's really important in Capricorn season, Capricorn energy. To me, Cap energy feels like reduce, reuse, recycle. I think it's the kind of energy that can really help us reduce our carbon footprint. It feels like the best energy to put into place to combat climate change. It's all the behaviors and choices that might take more effort in the present day, but that will have a much bigger payoff down the road. Again, it's ruled by Saturn, so we're condensing down and we're simplifying. We're focused on the boundaries and the limits that need to be implemented in order to stay grounded. Both Saturn and Capricorn are interested in sustainability and maintaining and preserving. And how that manifests in our personal lives all depends on the house that Capricorn rules in our chart, whether or not we have other planets in Capricorn, and also what kind of condition our natal Saturn is in. Now, going back to the seagoat, Capricorn energy has this ability to see what could be possible, to dream about the future, but it remembers to take the concrete and practical steps to make those dreams a reality. It's very hardworking and strategic and always pushing for more greatness, which is where we run into the perfectionism and overachieving of it all. Not everything has to be a masterpiece, but Capricorn energy can have us feeling like it needs to be. It can also be a very cautious and reserved energy, which can, of course, be great for safety and security, but not so great when we really need to just do something already. There's little room for spontaneity, and sometimes it can just be about sticking too firmly to the ways of the past. Now, I want to be clear that like, you know, hashtag not all Capricorns, okay? Remember that when we discuss all of these zodiac signs for the season ahead, I really am trying to focus on the overall energy. I probably personalized a lot during Scorpio season, but it was hard for me to separate in that way. Uh, But, you know, if you're a Capricorn sun and some of this doesn't resonate with you, that's totally okay. Your Capricorn sun isn't the purest Capricorn energy, especially if you have like a Cap sun, but your Saturn is over in... Aries, where it doesn't do typically well. So the condition of your Saturn is going to affect how your Capricorn sun expresses itself. Or maybe you're a Capricorn sun, but you've actually got a stellium, which is three or more planets 
in like Leo, which is a sign very different from Capricorn. And you might feel very Leo oriented. So Capricorn energy is going to be filtered differently through the lens of any given chart. Maybe you're a Capricorn rising with nothing else there, but since your ascendant is in Capricorn, you might feel especially drawn to a lot of this energy. It really depends. All right, so now let's talk about the tarot card association, which is the devil. So Capricorn connects with the major arcana card, the devil. I'm guessing that you can guess what's coming next, which is that I'm not a fan. I don't love it. The more I do this, the more I realize that I actually don't love a lot of the major arcana associations, but I've also realized that while some of the cards can speak to part of the essence of a zodiac sign, some of them are better served as invitations for the season ahead. So one way I do see more of a connection to the essence of Capricorn uh, with the devil is the devil's relationship to temperance, which you'll remember connects to Sagittarius. So kind of the way in which we transition from Sag to Cap and temperance to the devil. Both temperance and Sagittarius season can be quite expansive. We're looking ahead. We're looking forward. We're looking to something beyond ourselves. We're dreaming big. We're taking big actions. The devil, on the other hand, can speak to a time of contraction. We might pull it when we're suddenly feeling daunted by a recent period of expansion. We might be worried that we've stepped too far outside of the comfort zone for our own good. You know, a lot of people talk about addictions when it comes to the devil card. And I guess I see those as more side effects of a sort. Like if we pull the devil card, it might be good to consider if we're using certain vices as a distraction from these worried thoughts and emotions that are coming up after all of this expansion. But for me, the card is never like, okay, time to quit drinking or like time to start dieting or whatever. Like that just doesn't, that doesn't vibe with me. But anyways, from temperance to the devil, in terms of a shift from diurnal fire to nocturnal earth, I definitely see the expansion contraction narrative that might be playing out. Even if just in symbolism of the idea that fire moves up and out, whereas earth, it's grounding, it pulls us back down. It is more um, inner and, and receptive. And that doesn't necessarily mean contraction, but it does mean moving back within. So in that sense, in that more broad sense, I see that connection to part of the elemental essence, I suppose we could say. However, where I find this more useful really is as an invitation for Capricorn season. I think the devil might ask us to consider whether the mountains were ready to tackle and climb in Capricorn season are the right ones. Capricorn energy can pretty much accomplish anything that it sets its mind to, but it doesn't mean that it should. It doesn't mean that 
anything you set your mind to is the right thing to do. So are we climbing these mountains as a distraction or with some kind of purpose? Are we climbing them because we think we have to because it's what we're quote unquote supposed to do? We know the figures in the devil card, at least in the more quote unquote traditional depictions, could escape the situation that they're in. Those chains are not inescapable or unbreakable. So maybe the season ahead is also a time for breaking free from shit that you feel tied to and weighed down by and isn't actually what you need to be doing anyways. And finally, because it's a season that takes us through such a major holiday, like this time of year that is steeped in so much tradition and for a lot of people, obligation and guilt. I think the devil can be our liberation and say or ask, does this tradition actually belong in your life? Who are you upholding it for? And does it make you happy? And like, don't get me wrong, upholding traditions for people we love that we know get a lot of joy from it and there's no guilt surrounding it. This is not what I mean. You know, like if your family biological chosen, whatever, your partner, if you do certain traditions that you might not do if you weren't with them, but you see the joy that it brings them, it doesn't make you feel like shit for doing it, you're not doing it because you feel like you're supposed to, then that's wonderful. Those are just beautiful traditions that you get to be a part of. Not all traditions are bad just because they're old and from a time before. But sometimes traditions are stupid. (laughs) Sorry. But like if it's a miserable experience and you continue to do it because it's tradition or because you're going to be made to be feel guilty if you don't, I really hope that you can find a way to stop doing it because life is way too fucking short for all of that. Christmas and the holiday, the end of your holidays can be a really difficult time for a lot of people. And it's just not fair. <laughs> make your make your own new traditions. Do something that actually brings you joy. There's just no guarantee of tomorrow. <laughs> so just like do good things and do what makes you happy. And, you know, yes, be there for loved ones, but make sure they're being there for you too. All right, I'll get off my fucking high horse now. So that is all for Capricorn season in general. Now we're going to move on to the Capricorn new moon, which is happening on December 23rd at 5.16 a.m. Eastern, just at one degree of Capricorn, because it's just like a couple days. It's two days after the sun moves into Capricorn. And I think I said this about the Sag new moon, but it's another classic new moon that's really great for new beginnings and setting intentions. But this one almost feels like a supercharged fresh start. For a few reasons. So firstly, it's that it's the final new moon of 2022. And so it takes on a new beginning energy for not just the coming lunar cycle, but the coming year ahead. I mean, both the solstice and the day of this new moon would be great opportunities to do a year ahead reading or to journal about the year ahead, anything that you do to kind of think about what's to come. Second reason is that at the time of the new moon, the moon will be separating from a square with Jupiter, you know, very similar to what we just discussed with the sun square Jupiter. 
there's this call to stretch outside the comfort zone. There's a confidence to tackle something that's been holding us back. The Jupiter influence here brings a lot of optimism and enthusiasm for moving forward. It's encouraging us to really go for it, to grow, to expand, to invest in our progress. Now, this runs slightly counterintuitive to the fact that during the new moon, six out of 10 planets will be under Saturn's rulership, with five of those planets being in Capricorn, ruled by Saturn in Aquarius. So this gives a very grounded, logical, and even traditional approach to things. But similar to the Sun square Jupiter, the invitation is to make the differing energies play nicely, to harness the responsible and committed Saturnian energy and invest that into taking the Jupiterian leap of faith or doing what's necessary to make the big picture visions come to life. As I mentioned, I myself have Jupiter in Aries, and I once heard this placement described as making your own luck, which at the time I was very frustrated by and was like, why do I have to do it? (laughs) That sucks. But the older I get, I realize how empowering that is. Like, I can make my own path. You know, it's it's kind of dual-sided. Like, no one's coming to help me, but also like, No one's coming to fucking tell me what to do. I get to decide. I get to, like I said, like blaze my own path. So that Jupiter and Aries energy mixed with the heavy Saturnian influence can remind us to tap into the wisdom of experience and the wisdom of those that came before. That's the very Saturnian side of things. And figuring out how to strike a balance between learning from our own or others' past endeavors in order to blaze ahead on a totally new path. All right, so third and final reason that this feels like a supercharged fresh start new moon is that there was another sun squared Jupiter on the same day as the Cancer new moon earlier this year, which would also mean that the moon was square Jupiter, right? Sun and moon at the same point in Cancer, squaring Jupiter over in Aries. That happened on June 28th, 2022. And that was just about a week after the summer solstice. So there's almost like a, an echo or something, a callback to that point. There is something even more than just the solstice points sort of creating this bookending effect in a way. Like not only were the two solstices happening those six months apart, which always happens, but we also had the same kind of astrological signature, Jupiter being in Aries. The only difference is the sun and moon are in Cancer back in June. The sun and moon are now in Capricorn. And I loved when I saw that. It just, it, it, it felt like the culmination of a six-month cycle And the beginning of this new one just being extra emphasized. So as always, you want to look to where Capricorn is in your chart so you can get a better idea of the topics and relationships that Capricorn season is highlighting and bringing into focus, but also where you might want to focus a lot of that fresh start energy from the new moon. 
And it's possible you'll already be feeling called for a new beginning in that area since it, you know, it has been a year since the last new moon in that sign. Now, one final thing, for both the sun square Jupiter and the new moon square Jupiter, we're in the realm of the two of pentacles and the two of wands. Those would be the two cards associated with, uh, so the two of pentacles would go with everything in Capricorn and the two of wands with Jupiter in Aries. And I should say not everything in Capricorn, but the sun and moon in Capricorn. Both of those cards are so early in the minor arcana and speak to the possibilities of the new paths ahead. You know, the two of wands might speak to that potential for new growth and the expansive nature of what lies ahead. But we also know that from the, you know, the the Smith-Waite depiction, let's say, the figure isn't actually doing any of that growth yet. They're still just considering it, contemplating it. It's only in their minds that this expansion is taking place. Right now, they remain behind the walls of their home and stationary, so this might be our reminder to actually take the action and launch into all of the exciting opportunities we've been thinking about. And then with the Two of Pentacles, sometimes I see this card as like, you're learning on your feet. You know, like the best way to learn is just to do it and throw yourself into it. It's like an immersion of sorts. That feels a little bit like the leap of faith that I mentioned. And then also the figuring out the practical things that need to be put in place afterwards, like just going for it, launching yourself into it, and then picking up those two pentacles and being like, all right, this is how we're going to make this work. But there's also an element of this card that says, you know, remember to have fun too. Remember that this is a certain stage and place in life that you won't be at forever. Enjoy the freshness, enjoy the newness, enjoy the unknown. It's so exciting and a little bit unpredictable. You know, I think Jupiter and Saturn can be really hard to make mesh and work together under certain circumstances, but they can and do exist at the same time. And both can be bringing truth simultaneously. So two of pentacles can be like, it's about working to bring those things into some kind of a flow. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope all of this was helpful for Capricorn season, for making the best of this really exciting Capricorn new moon. I hope you've all had a fiery and exciting and expansive Sagittarius season. How did that Gemini full moon treat you? What did we learn from the sun's opposition to Mars? I would love to hear from you. As I mentioned, you can send me a message on Instagram at the stars turn or at damn witch, or feel free to send me an email damnfinewitch at gmail.com. I don't think I have one set up for the stars turn. There is always tarot coven cast at Gmail if you prefer, but you know, If you feel like sharing something that happened in Sagittarius season, I would love to hear it or in Capricorn season or in any of the seasons, or maybe something from the week ahead episode really resonated and you wanted to share that, whatever it is, I would love to hear it. Otherwise, I will connect with you on the next episode, which will be in 2023. So you know, all the best for your end of year celebrations. And I wish you a beautiful new beginning on January 1st. If even if that's even your thing, maybe you celebrate the new year at a different time. Whenever you do celebrate it, I hope the absolute best for you and the coming cycle. 
thank you so much for making the stars turn part of your, you know, daily rituals or, or every other weekly rituals or whatever it is. I am so appreciative and so grateful. I will see you next year. And until then, I'll catch you in the cosmos. Mm-hmm.